Hello, hello. It's been a little while, but we're back with an episode. I'm joined, as always, with Mr. Daniel Weber. Dan, how are you doing? Mr. Weir, it's a wonderful, wonderful day to be back. It's good to be able to play a little rock music as we get rocking and rolling with some off-season stuff, getting ready for draft day. It's it's just good to be back, man. Life's good. We're starting to get green grass. Sun Masters is next weekend. Man, what more do you want out of life? Not much. I mean, it's life is good. Can't really complain. And football is kind of rounding into forum. We had free agency. We had some trades go down. And, you know, we're going to be shifting our focus to the draft, of course. But before we do that, we just wanted to have a podcast and just kind of recap what we've seen so far unfold this offseason. Good and bad. Yep, it's because we all know you love our opinions on these things. Of course, yeah. You, me, and, like, Sam, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So for the whole four of us to listen to it, yep. Hey, nothing wrong with that. There's there's an audience, so we will, we aim to please. Hell yeah. But yeah, so this this podcast, we're really just going to go over some of the trades and free agency that happened, some big news and or bigger news in the NFL that's been spotlighted this offseason. And of course, you know, we'll cater to our league and just kind of what impact that that has. So let's start off. We're going to talk about some quarterbacks. And I think just the first like kind of it, it really started everything this offseason. And that, of course, is going to be the Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff trade. Uh, so the Rams sent uh, Jared Goff a first round draft pick in 2022, a first round draft pick in 2023 and a third round draft pick this year, all for Matthew Stafford. Um, What are just kind of your initial thoughts for let's talk about how about Matthew Stafford? Um, This is an uptick for Matthew Stafford. I think this is, this is a great offense to go into. He's got a guy like Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds, I think. Or no, Reynolds left, didn't he? Reynolds left. Okay, I was going to say, I'm starting hot this morning. Bobby Woods. Yep, Bobby Woods. um, An interesting running back committee. Um, I think, think, honestly, the best thing for Matthew Stafford is Cooper Cup. Yeah, like I think yeah. I think this is one of uh, something that Matthew Stafford has the ability to really, really, really take advantage of, and this offensive line will give Matthew Stafford the ability to stay upright. I believe. Um, I I really love this for Stafford. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've seen Stafford. He's been kind of that fluctuates between a, a so-so QB one or a high-end QB two. I mean, you got to think with going to McVay in this offense that we could see him. I mean. Can he be a top 12 quarterback? Do you feel comfortable with labeling him at that at this point? I think that's a safe safe thing to say. I think Matthew Stafford's shown that he can easily be top 15, but I think, yeah, I think top 12 would, would not be a far stretch for where Stafford is with the weapons around him. And obviously, I mean, when we look at it, when we talk about our league and just how this impacts things, like Kevin, like the running joke and just talking point last season was his quarterbacks. You know, he had Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, and um, Stafford. And, you know, that wasn't great last season. He traded for Tannehill, which I think was a huge boon. And Stafford now gets this trade. I mean, when you look at Kevin's team, quarterback is almost approaching a strength for him, is it not? Yeah, I would agree. Yes, he is. It's interesting to see all these trades unfold and how, especially in this one, where it dealt with two top-tier teams in the Justice League division, where you basically are flopping offenses right now. And I, Kevin gets the better of this over Stefan. Yeah. yeah I, I, it's interesting. Over, when we switch over to Jared Goff and just go into the lions. Yeah, it, it is a drop. Um, obviously the lions have some, some nice pieces. I mean, um, you have obviously um, 
Swift at running back and you have TJ Hawkinson. I mean, DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson are two very great pieces. Wide receiver, though, mm. I, I don't know. Can can we name someone besides like Quinta Cephas? The, uh, Terrell Williams and Brashad Perryman. And that's only because I have it up in front of me with it because yeah. I wanted to be prepared to the fact where I didn't have to talk about any really big names. Yeah, it's not great. Um, so Hawkinson's I guess probably his highlight. Yeah, for sure. Hawkinson says and DeAndre Swift, I think, is, you know, a very solid rookie running back that showed a lot of promise uh, for free agency. They haven't really done much. They brought Jamal in Jamal Williams. Williams. Yeah. I mean, for let's for starters, do the Lions. They're rebuilding, obviously. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a chance they could take a rookie quarterback uh, with their first overall pick? I don't think so. No, I think I think this trade the the intention for the Lions was to get younger and be able to build around Goff. I think Goff is one that is looked at that said, "Hey, we watched saw what he did with the McVay offense. Let's move him into our system. Let's get him acclimated, and let's give him not this year, but let's start building weapons around him." Um, I think we might see Detroit go wide receiver here in the mm-hmm. first round of the draft. I think that makes the most sense because uh, I think Goff is the guy they're going to see starting for the next seven, eight years. Pending that, pending that he doesn't shit down his leg. I, I'm not as and optimistic that, as no, you are. No, I so mean, what, I, what are you thinking? I mean, I think we'll have to see. This draft, I think, is going to be crazy. Like, I am stupidly you know, good. You can't, like, we're not on video, but I'm very excited when I talk about this rookie draft because I just think the talent is absurd. Um, I'm very envious of some people that have early draft picks, but even when I look at some of the third round picks that I have, I'm excited because I think there's going to be a lot of talent that is available all throughout this draft. And when we look just from the NFL side of things, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks that go. So I'm very curious to see where they go, when they go. And I think the Lions could potentially be in position to take one. Um, I'm not going to say it's a lock like when you talk about a team like Jacksonville. Um, You know, they're obviously taking a quarterback, but I think... The Lions, it's in play. Um, as far as Jared Goff goes, I do. I if, if we made a bet right now, I don't know if Jared Goff is a starting quarterback in eight years. Um, I just think he's. I I think McVay has very much helped him uh, get to this point, get that next contract. Uh, but I just I'm not a I'm not a huge believer in Goff, and I I don't think things are going to be. So amazing for him in Detroit. I think he's a solid quarterback from a fantasy side of things. But like when you look at Stefan's team, you're right. He took a pretty big downturn. And when you look at his quarterbacks, I mean, he's he's playing with fire. I mean, Tom Brady is great, but how much longer is he going to be? Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, all we've heard this offseason is how Carolina wants to upgrade a quarterback. You know, so who knows what his shelf life is going to be? And then, of course, the aforementioned Jared Goff. I mean, it could definitely work this season for Stefan. You know, he's been a competitive team with these all three of these guys, but it's playing with a little bit of fire from where I sit. It is. And I think one of the things that I thought was very interesting here, and I, I do you ever go back and listen to our old podcast out of curiosity? Um, sometimes. Okay. Do you recently. realize do you realize how shitty we are at predictions? <laughs> I, because because yeah. as we transition to our next top next topic, um, I fucked that one up. Yep, as we yep. talk oh, about fucking massively bad because I was super confident about Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about we. I feel like the last few podcasts that we had, like <laughs> ending the season and even like pre Super Bowl, like we talked about like just this drama with the Eagles, you know, Carson Wentz, and it seemed like it would just be crazy to even imagine him getting shipped off. But, you know, Jalen Hurts made it interesting. Jalen Hurts did, I think, for a rookie second rounder with, you know, 
poor weapons and you saw what Wentz did, which wasn't a lot. The bar was very low and Wentz, or excuse me, Hertz, I think was, you. all we could say is that it was impressive. Um, and so with that in mind, I mean, the Eagles actually shipped out Carson Wentz, ate like that massive cap hit, and he goes to the Indianapolis Colts um, and reunites, you know, with uh, Frank Reich. Reich? I Reich. Know. Yep, Frank Reich. And yeah, I mean, obviously that was the dream spot if you're a Wentz owner, if you just, you know, he, the last time they were together, like Wentz was a borderline MVP candidate until the injury to end the year um, on their Super Bowl run. So, and obviously Hurts, you know, right now it looks like he's going to be penciled in as potentially the starter for the Eagles. So let's start with the the Wentz side of things and how, you know, does you view this going to the Colts now for him uh, just as a player and from a fantasy side of things? Upgrade! Um, <laughs> I mean, this is this is obviously the best thing in the world with it. I mean, this offensive line is, is continued to be stacked. I mean, mm-hmm. they're getting ready to give Quinn and Nelson probably one of the longest and most lucrative contracts we might see come out of a out of a left guard position. I think what is it Braden Smith that's the other one that's up this year? Uh I'll take your word for it. I don't it's, know. I know there's one other one that they've got to save money for to resign, but I mean this offensive line is fucking stupidly great. And they have tons of offensive weapons. I mean, you watch Philip Rivers go into this offense and be relatively stable. Um, again, not flashy, but that's not Philip Rivers' style. Carson Wentz, I think, has the ability to break out here. And I think this is, if you're a Wentz owner, which I know Sam is, you're mm-hmm. fucking excited beyond hell. That This is great. This is outstanding. You go from having one quarterback, two quarterbacks in one system to two starters in two different systems. This is fantastic for Wentz. Yeah, I mean, I, I will 100% agree from Sam's side of things going from two or one quarterback to two is always a win in the Superflex League. I'm skeptical. Oh, really? I, I mean, okay, there's no ignoring this is the dream spot. You know, there was rumors Chicago. There were rumors, you know, maybe Carolina, maybe New England. Like, I think this was by far, like, the best opportunity where Wentz could go. And if he's going to rebound... If it's ever going to happen, I agree. It's going to be. It's going to be here. Yeah. It's going to be with the Colts. Having said that, Carson Wentz was really, 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 really bad this year. So are the Eagles. Well, but on the flip side, I mean, do we want to start talking about Jalen Hurts? Because Jalen Hurts, like, let's finish with Wentz. We'll finish with Wentz. Well, I guess (laughs) all I'll say is that I agree the Eagles weren't bad, but Hurts was like a lightning rod. Hertz completely reinvigorated that team and they actually showed signs of life. So I agree the Eagles sucked, but you can't argue with the results that we saw with Hertz when he came in and the offense kind of turning it up a notch. Um, I think it's teams want starting quarterbacks, you know, teams. I'm a Bears fan. You're a Bears fan. It's like we've spent our whole life trying to find starting quarterbacks. The fact that the Eagles would happily ship him off and eat that dead cap it, I think that is a big warning sign that, and the fact that there just didn't seem like there was a market. We saw like for a week, like the, the bears were offering an arm and a leg and everything in between to get Carson Wentz when apparently the bears didn't even offer anything. This was just the Eagles trying their best to drive up, you know, um, some like market for him. I, I'm just skeptical on, on Wentz. I, I, I guess the one he's thing a, he's a starting saying- quarterback. So, he has yeah. value. I'm not going to deny that, but I just, I, I don't, I don't think he's going to rebound. Yeah. I feel like the excitement is, is the fact that there's an offensive line. And the one thing that Jalen hurts that makes him 
dynamic is obviously his ability to use his legs. And obviously Carson Wentz has had some injury issues. His mobility is questionable at best. Yep. With with part of it, I mean, but weapon wise, when we talk about what he has over in Indianapolis compared to what Jalen Hurts is going to have in Philadelphia, Philadelphia is going to have to go wide receiver in the first round here. Yeah, I think that's a hundred percent what he's got to do. So we've already talked about two teams already that need to go wide receiver in the first two rounds or in the first round, which I can't wait till we do the fucking draft episode because my God, there's so many people to talk about. Oh yeah, absolutely. With this, but I mean, I think I think that you're right. This is the best ideal situation for Wentz. If you're a Wentz owner, this is the best situation you can have moved into. And if he's three quarters of what he was during his highlight of his year in Indianapolis, this is a, this is a playoff team, if not a borderline Super Bowl caliber team. Um, I mean, so the downside is, is he's not going through Mahomes ever. But there wouldn't be a doubt in my mind that in an AFC Championship game, you see Carson Wentz against Patrick Mahomes. Interesting. Fair this enough. this year, I think I think Carson Wentz finishes better than Jalen Hurts. Interesting. Okay, well, let's take it a step further. So let's just look at Carson Wentz. I mean, obviously, you think he'll be better than Hurts, but let's say, like, let's put the number over under at QB eighteen and a half. So, do you think he'll be a top eighteen quarterback, which would basically say he's going to be a high end QB two or better, or do you think lower than eighteen and a half and basically? you know, a lower QB two or QB three option. Top 18. I, I, worst case scenario, I'm throwing bad juju on Sam. Okay. Um, Cause it's cause Sam's team's looking very pretty this year. Um, but oh, screen glitch. Cool. Um, but yes, I think that um, I think once is a top 18 quarterback, I'm going to take the other side. I think he's going to clock in right around like QB 20, give or take. Okay. Which, so don't get me wrong. has value. Like I'm not J- saying that he's a scrub, but I think, you know, that's that's just all right. You know, you need to have players like that and he'll help Sam, but I don't know. I'm so not... so Jalen Hurts, top eighteen quarterback for you then? Yeah, big time. The rushing oh. upside, I think it's just it's a you know, it's you'll read it everywhere, you know, every expert will talk about it, but rushing quarterbacks are a cheat code. And Jalen Hurts, the thing that he did so well, um, obviously was he run the ball. He wasn't afraid to use his legs. But he was a willing passer. He passed the ball deep. And like you said, the Eagles, their weapons are lacking. You know, Dallas Goddard was injured for a lot of the time. I mean, Zach Ertz, you know, he's still on the team. Rumors he's going to be gone. He looks like a shell of a former self. And more importantly, they need help at wide receiver. Imagine if they did add like a Jamar Chase. I mean, Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. even though he's a tight Pitts end, would just be a so weapon. Nice, yeah. You know, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, like the list goes on. And then the fact they could do it again in the second round, like, I think if they do get a wide receiver or just a playmaker, like I really like Hertz's upside just from his, just what he brings. Like he brings such a high floor with his rushing ability. So definitely top 18 quarterback for me. Yeah. I, and I, th- this is a, these will be teams that we're going to talk about here as we go through. Cause there's two other NFC East teams that we're going to talk about through this podcast. But this one is a couple dynamic playmaker abilities on the offensive side of the ball from being very silly good, um, yeah. depending that their defense can be there. But I think there's maybe a couple other teams as we move on in this podcast that are even closer to being silly good. Yeah, well, I mean, let's this is going to be an interesting just quarterback situation. And that's obviously Drew Brees is retired. You know, first of all, give your thoughts because you're, you're a Drew Brees owner. I knew it was going to happen the second he walked out and looked back. It was yeah, like it was heartbreaking. It was disturbing. But I mean, 
hell of a run. It was an honor to have him on my my fantasy roster to be a part of the squad. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, but man, that's in my quarterback situation is not improving because of this. No, I mean, you're down to two. I mean, Josh Allen and Kirk Cousins. Don't get me wrong. That's very strong. But having just two quarterbacks. It's rough. In a it's not good. League, it's not ideal. No. Um, so, but, but I mean, that leaves, that leaves there's two guys in that offense with Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. So I guess who's the question. Yeah. So I was going to ask you that same question. Do you believe in the gimmick or do you believe in the guy that can go 30 for 30? I don't believe in the gimmick. I mean, I think Taysom Hill, he's a fun little piece. And I think, um, you know, Sean Payton, I, I feel like almost stubbornly wants to make him work. But I just, I don't know. I don't think he's a great passer. I think, you know, he's like Tim Tebow on steroids, um, which maybe Sean Payton will do it. But I would rather roll the dice with Jameis Winston and just try to get the most out of him and, you know, see if you can mold him into something. But that that would be me. I agree. I think I think Jameis Winston needs to be the play here. I think Taysom Hill is great in the role that he plays. He's a he's a, your change of pace guy. He's your he's your RB two that comes in to catch the ball out of the backfield or your bruiser on the goal line that's meant to be something different than what you want to run ninety nine percent of the time with it. And that makes that helps keep the defense true and honest. Um, but I think Jameis is the best guy that you can go to, especially when I mean we're looking at the fact that. Trey Smith, Michael Thomas. Um, they just signed Alvin, uh, Kamara. Alvin Kamara. They just signed a tight end. Um, they, they, right? They just which tight end? Yeah, they Nick, they, Nick Vanette. They have Nick obviously Van, the yep. rookie Adam Troutman, Troutman. Um, and some other intriguing young wide receivers. I mean, Sean Payton is an offensive guru. Like he's the OG when it comes to that in just today's NFL. So whoever he does have a quarterback, like this team is gonna score points. Um, it, the question is, are are they going to do it like with a rushing quarterback or a quarterback that's going to sling the ball? Um, and when you look at our league, um, I mean, Adam has to be like just like, holding his hands together, praying mm-hmm. every night because he's only got Patrick Mahomes, at quarterback and Jameis Winston. And then he's got a whole lot of, you know, crap. Um, so if, if Winston isn't the starter, it's going to be a rough situation for Adam's team. Yep, and Zane's on the other side going, you shut your dirty piles, you boys. Because um, he's obviously, he wants Taysom Hill to be the guy with the ball. Of and, course. I mean, and his quarterback situation is an interesting piece. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, he's that would be a luxury to have four starting quarterbacks when you look at Zane's team. Yep. Um, but, I mean, let's jump on. Let's continue the quarterback train and talk about, like, just a team that could be very fun and exciting. And uh... that's going to be the Washington football team. I mean, We'll talk about wide receivers a little bit more in depth later, but they signed, obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick. They brought in Curtis Samuel. They're adding this to a team that has Antonio Gibson, that has Terry McLaurin. You know, Logan Thomas flashed. I mean, this team might not be, like, orthodox, but the unorthodox could just be amazing. Like, this is a team that I think offensively could be very, very fun. Um, How do you feel about this uh, landing spot for Ryan Fitzpatrick? When you have the ability to rename your team and you continue to stick with the Washington football team, everything about your team should be unorthodox. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is the guy that I think can keep that magic rolling in the WFT. Um, I mean, it's interesting to think that when we looked at Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, mm-hmm. he came in in the ninth inning of games for a guy that was struggling throughout all eight innings yep. and closed the game down and got them W's. You can't ask for much more. 
with that. Yeah. And I mean, why Miami continue to go away from him? I, that's an entirely different conversation that we can have. But man, I mean, he's just a guy that's consistent. You know what you're going to get out of him. And I think on this team, it looks fucking good. It does. Absolutely. I mean, you gotta, if you're an Antonio Gibson, if you're Terry McLaren, if you're Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, like you have to feel great. I mean, I know a lot of people were maybe excited about Tyler Heineke, you know, Kyle Allen is a thing, but Ryan Fitzpatrick is clearly going to be the guy unless they get a rookie quarterback, which I, think I don't think so. 19. Nope. It's not going to happen unless they trade up. Yeah. I, I think, and I think there's, they can go on the defensive side of the ball and continue to get better on that side with it. Cause I think they've got some very dynamic and skilled playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. And they've got, I mean, they could go offensive line if they really wanted to Yeah, with it. But I mean, they this team's going to be fun to watch. They and how, many, does... how many teams now has Ryan Fitzpatrick played for? Do you know off the top of your head? Because I don't. It's got to be. It's got to be. It's 13, like nine, 14. ten, or eleven. I thought. Oh, I okay. It's fucking. I, awesome. I want to say I don't know for sure. Um, I, I guess. And let's just piggyback because, like, there's some recurring like themes like we have in our podcast. You know, just recurring maybe talking points. And last year, I feel like the biggest one. You know, and it was maybe more so me just pounding the table. Jer trading Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, last year. That was a ticking time bomb because we all knew it was eventually going to be Tua's time. Whether it made sense or not, you just don't draft a quarterback fifth overall not to start him and see what you got. Jer might have another opportunity, you know, or is this maybe, is he going to maybe try to go for a win um, just with his team and try to be competitive? But when you look at things, I mean, this is a great fit for Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, there are teams that are going to need a third or maybe even a number two quarterback. So there should be a market for Ryan Fitzpatrick in this league. If you're Jerry, like, can you afford to start the season with Fitzpatrick on your roster? Mm, Possibly. I guess I guess I I guess I would want to see what Jerry's draft looks like to really make the determination. If Jerry's draft goes in a very ideal situation with young up and coming talent, then yes, Brian Fitzpatrick's out. You, you acquire your accumulated points with where you need to go. I mean, especially when you've got possibly a team like me that only has two starting quarterbacks with a roster that is still, I think worthy of competing Yep. with it. I, I mean, it very much makes sense. Yeah, no, I think so too. I mean, even if, I mean, regardless of how the draft goes, I just, I, you know, strange things do happen in our league, of course. You know, mm-hmm. as you mentioned at the start, we are very wrong with our predictions sometimes. God, but yes. from where I said, it seems difficult for Jerry to be competitive next year in the league. And if you're not going to be competitive this year, I just Fitzpatrick just doesn't seem like someone that should be around long term. You know, I, I, would, I my philosophy, I would cash in now, but. It's, yeah, it's I mean, easy. especially when you look at the weapons that go around him, and I think that moves us into the next guy that shows up in Washington. That's Curtis Samuel. I yeah. mean, just an amazing acquisition for a guy to play the slot for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, Terry, Mc, Terry McLaurin is everything and, and anything in that offense. But, I mean, Ruth cashes in on Curtis Samuel going to a very, very favorable spot to succeed. Yeah, I mean, Curtis Samuel, I feel like, you know, if you've been in fantasy, dynasty, like you've always just kind of been like, why is this guy not more involved with the Carolina Panthers? Ironically, he was not great with uh, Ron Rivera as his coach. And, of course, Ron Rivera leaves and, you know, Matt Rule figures out how to use him. And now he's going back to Ron Rivera. So it'll be interesting to see if that was just a coincidence or if maybe we see Curtis Samuel more involved this year. 
And I think that gives, I think Rivera gets an idea about how to properly use him. And uh, yeah, I think, I think we're going to see the same um, Curtis Samuel that we saw in Carolina come over to Washington. For last year, like what we saw? Yep. Yep. Okay. yep. All yeah, over the uh, place, lined up everywhere, just being a jack of all trades. Yeah, I could buy that. Um, let's move on to the next guy. And, you know, as they said, <sighs> as they announced on Twitter last night, QB1. I'm talking about Andy Dalton to the Chicago <sighs> Bears. Um, and I forgot, actually, uh, Adam does have uh, Andy Dalton. He's got a parade <sighs> of backup quarterbacks. But right now, Dalton is in line to be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Um, you know, the Chicago Bears are interesting because Mitch Trubisky, love him or hate him, when he played in games, he was a productive fantasy quarterback. Like, obviously, it's not lasting. He's going to be backing up Josh Allen this year in Buffalo. But when he was on the field, he was a viable fantasy quarterback. You know, Nick Foles, not so much. Nick Foles was not great. Um, where do you think Andy Dalton falls in that line? Do you think he could potentially be a viable fantasy quarterback next year, or is he going to be Nick Foles' bottle, bottom of the bucket, um, you know, option at quarterback for teams? For my own sake and sanity, I'm this is bottom twenty-five. With yeah. it, I mean, as much as I want to give the Red Rocket the benefit of the doubt with what I've seen him do in his early years in Cincinnati, I just I don't see it. Mm-hmm. I really don't. The Bears are kind of a clusterfuck of a disaster zone right now, and it's not great. And I mean, obviously, the Bears from the reports came out said, "Hey, we we threw everything in the farm at Russell Wilson," and Pete Carroll said, "Haha, no motherfucker." <laughs> um, just rough. I mean, that entire market just fucking disappeared. I think this is a. It's a it's a band-aid, but I don't understand the Bears logic behind this. And I know we've talked about this on the side with a couple other guys. There's to me in my mind, there's no difference between Andy Dalton and Nick Foles other than their hair color. Yeah, I mean it'd be hard to argue that given their production the last few years. Um I, I do think Foles is or excuse me, Dalton is an upgrade over Foles, but it's you know, you might be splitting hairs. You can't be excited to say that. that though. No, not at all. I mean, it's it's interesting. I, I think there's a couple pieces that, I mean, the Bears are obviously going to be in the rebuild here. And the best case scenario is we end up with a quarterback in a very reasonable spot without trading the farm up one spot to go get him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this, is, this isn't this is exciting for Bears fans. This isn't exciting from a fantasy football perspective. Yes, Adam gets another starting piece to it. But I don't, just don't see Andy, Andy Dalton breaking any fantasy books in the, in the, in this upcoming year. No, I don't see so. He's, I mean, he he's was, a bottom 25 quarterback. I would agree with that assessment as well. Fuck. Um, at the end of the day, he just wasn't, you know, look at the weapons he had in Dallas last year. Um, yeah, their line was beat up, but he just didn't do great things. And unfortunately, I don't think that's going to change this coming year. Agreed. All right. Well, let's talk about like the last quarterback on this list. And oh. honestly, this is kind of a sleeping giant in terms of NFL news. Um, Deshaun Watson. Um, there's been obviously, you know, I'm sure everyone here has heard it, read about it, just like the allegations, the lawsuits, the civil lawsuits, I should say, that have been filed against him, you know, against the women that give him massages. And he likes to be apparently aggressive or have them touch his butthole i don't know but it's not looking great um i guess just initially what are your reactions to this and you know, how does one proceed in a 
the fantasy world when dealing with stuff like this. I mean, we're up to 14 allegations right now with this. And I, I mean, obviously presumed innocent until proven guilty, but the things that have come forth and what we've heard and everything there is kind of making a couple other players that have been suspended or outed in this league look a lot nicer with this. And that's kind of a scary thought to think. I mean, just a, just rough dude. Like I'm not going to spend too much time on, you know, potential scumbags with some of this pieces to it. Um, but it's not great. And if you're, if you're a Watson owner, you're not feeling good, but if you're a Terod Taylor owner, like Armand is, um, it's a positive upside to hear some of these things. Cause you could potentially move into a very interesting and shitty situation. That is the owner of the Texans quarterback position. Potentially. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, and who knows? I mean, there's still rumors that the the Jets are still interested in him, but they want to see what happens via draft time and what all comes out with with Watson's pieces to it. Um, but everything I read is Watson still on the table, still refusing to play with it. Texans are still holding fast that he's not going anywhere. And, you know, depending on what the courts say, Watson very much could not be leaving his walls of his home or his prison cell. Yeah, it's I think everything's in play and it's. You know, I'm obvious. I obviously have Watson in this league, and you know, I, you know, I, I don't. You don't know what to do. Um, but no. I think it's it's not a fun situation, and you just hope this stuff isn't true. But we'll let yeah. everyone get their time in court, I guess. Yep, correct. And that's, I mean, that's you know, you hope the system brings it out. But from a fantasy perspective, I mean, you're kind of in the you have enough depth that it's not really going to potentially phase you. Um, with it, because you've got again, you've got you know guys like Russell Wilson with it that that can carry part of your team with it. It's it's a, it's a very scary situation to be a Watson owner, um, and if you're playing as a backup with a Terod Taylor, um, if you have different pieces on that offense in the running game, or you know different wide receivers, you're hoping that you get some form of uptick. If we're not seeing a dynamic Deshaun Watson and we're moving to a mediocre Terod Taylor. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anyone wins if two Rod Taylor is the quarterback. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but all right. Um, anything else with quarterbacks before we move on? I mean, I I can't wait to talk about quarterbacks as we get ready to go into the rookie draft. The craziness that is going to be around them, the teams that could potentially be really poised to to strike with a good young quarterback if they pan out. Um, but no, I think all the interesting ones here are are covered. There's a lot of, I mean, we'll see what happens with extensions coming up here. I know Josh Allen's poised for for a big one. You got to imagine that. Um, I just fucking blanked on his name from Arizona. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's going to be getting one coming around the corner here. Um, there's a couple guys that I, that I think are poised to be long term with their organizations. So I want to see kind of how those play out. Yeah, it'll be exciting. I think Josh Allen will, could potentially sign one this offseason, right? Yep. Uh, rumors are they're looking to get it done sooner than later, awesome. which for me is very exciting. <laughs> well, let's move on to running backs. And, you know, it's been a very quiet, I think, free agency for running backs. Um, the the I guess the bell of the ball potentially was going to be Aaron Jones. And I honestly legitimately thought he was going to be franchise tagged. It was like so cheap. Like, I think a running back was only like, 8 million, which is a lot, but for franchise tag purposes, you know, that's cheap. Um, so I was surprised when the Packers didn't franchise tag him. And I thought for sure he was going to walk and go to maybe Jacksonville or Miami. Miami. But, but before like the legal tampering period even began, 
he re-signs with the Packers. He crushes the AJ Dillon like fan streams everywhere that we saw for like two solid days. And he's back on a four-year deal. When you look at the guarantees, it's basically two years, and it's almost like two years of franchise tag money. So initial reactions with this for Aaron Jones. This is the greatest thing for the Green Bay Packers that you ever could have asked for. It's very good for fantasy owners that have Aaron Jones, and it's really, really bad that Aaron Jones could have made a ton of money somewhere else. Um, but he wants to go get one. I think. I think this is a play to go win to go win a Super Bowl, and he stays with a dynamic offense where he was super productive. I mean, we're talking about RB five and PPR in twenty twenty. What that's have he shown? Top five seasons. Yeah, outstanding. This guy could have been fucking paid going down into Miami. Legitimately could have been paid. Yeah. With it, and I think. I mean, for 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 um, Steve, this is fucking great. You, you know what you're going to get out of him. He's going to be a top five guy again this year. That's just how good he is in that fucking offense. Absolutely. I mean, I could see there was, you know, I think everyone kind of thought he wasn't going to return to the Packers and the writing was on the wall after they drafted AJ Dillon. Yep. Um, But, and, and I think because of that, people didn't view him as a top 10 running back. Now that he's in basically locked in for the next two years, which two years is a long time for a running back um, just in their shelf life. Like Aaron Jones is, you know, the most disrespective disrespected running back probably in dynasty or fantasy because like you said he's going to be a top five running back or borderline top five running back next year he's going to get a lot of touches he's going to get a lot of work he's in you know alvin camara ask i mean yeah for steve this is great um and i mean let's talk about i guess aj Dillon. you know sam had him you know he drafted him in the third round of rookie leagues is aj Dillon just gonna you know i guess slot in at that jamal williams spot is he gonna be a flex option is he going to be a little bit more how do you think you know the backfield will shake up shake out now that we've seen uh jones resign with his extension correct me if i'm wrong but wasn't there a guy that played for carolina called tolbert yeah mike tolbert mike tolbert this Big is what Aaron, this is what aj Dillon's going to be in this offense this is a third and one fourth and one from the fucking one and we're going to put the big guy with the big thighs with the with the cannonball-like feature, and we're just going to let him fucking just run right through it. That's all A.J. Dillon's worth is right now. Aaron Jones is a better catcher out of the backfield. He's a better runner. The only thing Dillon has value-wise right now is short-yarded situations. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, Dillon, or, uh, Jones is obviously just supremely talented. He's going to get all the passing work. I mean, Dillon, I think, showed a lot, and I could see why people were excited about the opportunity he might find himself in. But... You know, unfortunately, unless there's an injury, he's going to be relegated, I think, that role for the next two years. And that's, you know, that's what the Packers kind of the hole that they dug uh, last Mm -hmm. year in their draft and for taking a running back in the second round and then re-upping their other running back for a lot of money. It's uh, head scratching, to say the least. But uh, you have Aaron Rodgers, so they mask a lot of that or he masks a lot of that issues with your team. I agree. And I think just really the last interesting running back situation and, you know, poor Sam is going to be talked about because it's not a, <laughs> uh, it's not ideal, but Kenyon Drake goes to the Raiders. And in addition to that, Kenyon Drake goes to the Raiders for two years, $11 million, and it's all a hundred percent guaranteed. Can you make sense of this? Like what is, I know you need multiple running backs in this league and there's not like, you know, the Christian McCaffrey, you know, Saquon Barkley, like the 100% bell cow running backs are incredibly rare, but 
my gosh, this is a lot of chunk of change uh, to make him a backup running back. Uh, unless they have significant fears for Josh Jacobs' health. Yeah. I, I don't understand this. Legitimately just don't understand it. The Raiders might be one of the worst free agency teams in the league. Ever? Like, Ever? Af- yeah, I mean, it's. I think a case can be made. Like, my goodness. Like, it seems like every player that they sign is like cut like after a year or it's like a complete bust like midway through the following year i mean Kenyon drake he was intriguing when he got traded to the cardinals but i think last they year didn't was... have anybody else though yeah that's well, why he was intriguing i mean and he in fairness though those first few games like he was very very explosive Bad. but last year oh, yeah. last year he was awful Bad. yeah i just it doesn't make any sense no, to me i'm right there with you it's i mean I, I don't see how this is a this is an upgrade over a Jalen Richard. Yeah, I, and, the fa- and, the, and the fact that you're paying him a ton more money to play I, again, unless this was unless this is you fear Josh Jacobs's health is not what it's going to be. I don't get it, and yeah, I'm just I'm flabbergasted by the amount of money that they gave this man, all guaranteed. Yeah, it's it's confusing. I mean, for Josh Jacobs. Is where would you put him like just ballpark running back wise for fantasy next year? I'll start. I'll I'll start. Just yes or no. Top five? No. Top 10? No. Top 15? That's where I have him. I have him floating around the 12, 14 spot. Okay. I you could make a case for a top 10 with a healthy season. Um, obviously he finished at, at RB8 last year. He had one missed game. He had five games over 20 points, one game over 30. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also had one, two, three, four games under 10 points. Yeah. But he didn't get charged with a DUI two months ago. So small things looking up, but I just, I don't see it. I yeah. just don't see it. No, nope, I'm with you. All right. Anything you else hope- running? No, you hope. I mean, this is, it's again, I, this is running backs as we, again, we'll get into the draft piece to it is going to be, I think the most underwhelming topic that we continue to talk about just because with the whole Ruth thing that running backs are a dime a dozen guys explode, they go for two to three years and then we're trying to replace them. And I don't know. It's a running back is a very interesting position just in general. Yeah. You definitely got to strike while the iron's hot and you have one of those elite top tier guys. And if not, you got to look in the mirror and kind of evaluate what the hell you're doing. Yeah. All right. Next, next, uh, next group. Yeah. Let's go to wide receivers. And I mean, he waited a little bit to sign, but let's talk about Kenny Galladay signing with the Giants. I mean, four years, 72 million, 18 mil a year. I mean, this, it it seemed like there was a chance, like rumors he was going to, just sign a one-year deal with maybe the Cincinnati Bengals, maybe the Chicago Bears, the Giants. Like it was a will they, won't they? And well, they they will they, and they backed up a lot of money for him. Um, how do you feel about this fit for Kenny Galladay and just the Giants as a whole? Got paid. Um, this is fucking great if you're Kenny Galladay. This is this is great if you own Daniel Jones. Yeah, I mean the amount of weapons that sit around Daniel Jones, potentially a healthy Saquon Barkley coming back. Darius Slayton, who was your go-to guy last year, Kenny Galladay, John Ross has got something to prove in this offense. Sterling Shepard's still there. The rumors are is we're going to see Kyle Pitts go to them at 10, which would be fucking stupid with him and Evan Ingram in the offense. This offense could be just as disgusting as ever. 
with this. I'm I'm so excited to watch part of this offense. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think I'm with you. I think it's a I think it's a good landing spot. I mean, maybe there could have been better options, but at the end of the day, he's going to be the unquestioned number one running or wide receiver for this team. You know, I think he's going to get peppered with targets. Um, Daniel Jones, I mean, the jury's still out on him as a player, but I think I think he can support, you know, a wide receiver like Kenny Galladay. I'm not sure if he's going to be a top 10 or 12 wide receiver, but I think he'll, you know, somewhere in like this teen range, like 12 to 18, somewhere in that uh, range. And I think he's, you know, going to be a solid player. I think Kevin has Kenny Galladay. And I think as long as he's your number two wide receiver, I think you're sitting in a good spot with him. Yeah. I mean, obviously he was, he had some injury pieces last year, things that kept him off the field, but I mean, Time gets things healthy, and he had the time. And I think the and Giants money gets are saying, healthy. "Oh God, yes." And I th- and I think you watch the Giants say, "Hey, we believe in what you're putting together. We believe in who you are as a, as a talent. So let's go ahead and bring you over here. Let's pay you a big a big buco bucks and just catch everything that's thrown in your general direction." Yeah, it's going to be fun. And I mean, I guess. Um, well, I don't oh, know. so here's my question for you. So we've yeah, talked obviously it. about the Eagles' offense right now. We've yep. talked about the Washington football team's offense, and we've talked about the New York Giants' offense. So obviously Dallas, we haven't talked about. Of the three we've talked about, which one are you most excited for this year? Um, I want to say the football team, but we started you know, with the Eagles, and you saw how high I am on Hurts, so I'm going to stick with them. Um, I know they've still got some work to do, and I hope they, they add a talented pass catcher or two in the draft, but I am very intrigued for the Jalen Hurts experience. Yeah, and I guess I'm on the opposite. And I I don't think it's because I value Hurts less. Yep. It's because I think there's more dynamic playmakers that currently exist in the Washington football team offense and in the New York Giants offense that we're watching a, a young, a need-to-prove-it Daniel Jones and an old man veteran, Ryan Fitzpatrick, get all these weapons and say, go have fun, son. Yeah, I mean, I think the NFL, See East is going to be, you know, Dak is obviously returning from that horrific injury. I think it's going to be a f- much more um, fun and interesting and watchable uh, division or excuse me. Co- yeah. Division yep. uh, next year. So last thing I'll ask you there for that. Yeah. Does the winner of the division have over eight wins now? Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Just curious. Um. All right. Let's continue with wide receivers and, you know, it was a very interesting market for wide receivers. He's well, I guess we can talk about him too, but let's Will Fuller was expected to be one of the potentially higher paid wide receivers. And he settled with just a one year deal with uh, Miami dolphins. I mean, in terms of landing spots, that's pretty great, right? Yep. yep. Outstanding landing position. But I mean, for just one year, one year deal. It's um, a prove it deal. It's yeah. it's I, Hey, I tested positive for PEDs. I've served everything but a one a one game left on my suspension. Mm-hmm. I need a shot to prove that I didn't fuck the world up by staying healthy this year because I've had injury pieces in the past and took drugs to fix it. So give me an opportunity to fucking prove my shit with a, an offense that has a young QB that you hope is going to come out of his shell in year two with it. But, I mean, Fuller in the games where he played, PEDs or not, looked fucking great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when he, last year was definitely just his coming out party because when he was on the field and he played, like, he wasn't just good. Like, he was great. He was, like, wide receiver, like, one, like, top 12-esque. And that's kind mm-hmm. of been, like, the history of Will Fuller his entire career, normally because of injuries. 
Um, this year, injuries obviously weren't the issue. It was uh, getting suspended for PEDs and missing, I think, the last five games to end the year. And he's yep. going to be suspended week one this coming year. But if he's healthy, he is going to be very, very, very oh. good. He had eight touchdowns in 10 games. That's very good. Eight and 10. That's fucking ridiculous. That I mean, that's borderline wide receiver one numbers. He missed, what did he miss? One, two, and then five, seven games, and he finishes wide receiver 32 last year. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Like, if... I mean, PEDs are not. Those are impressive numbers. Yeah, and I mean, I think the big question, and this is going to be a running theme for them until, like, they, there's rumors they might trade for someone. They could draft a quarterback. You know, is is Tua? Is Tua going to be the guy? Is Tua going to live up to the hype? I mean, how? Just quick. How, how are you feeling about Tua? Not good. Yeah. After what I saw last year, it's a very scary thing. And this is one of those ones where I want to be proven wrong. I want this guy who had, I mean, just a major hip injury to really come back and show that left-handed quarterbacks. And I, I, I don't think there's many left-handed quarterbacks in the league other than. Tua, right? Is there is there anybody else that's left-handed? No starters that I can think of. I'm okay. sure there's maybe a backup. I mean, I would I would love to see him come out with the weapons that are around him. And I mean, he's got weapons. He's got very very interesting weapons. I'm still waiting for them to go out and get the remaining big name running back that's sitting on the board with it. But I mean, yeah, you've got to I mean, feel good about what he's got around him. Parker Fuller, um, Preston Williams is still there. Kasiki. Yep, Gasicki's a another big got, name. They've got some draft capital. They've got the third overall pick, which if they mm-hmm. don't use on a quarterback, you gotta imagine that's gonna be traded either offensive line help, traded, wide receiver, pass catcher. Like they've got a lot of draft picks to potentially like add some weapons to help um, you know, to uh, make his job easier. Yeah. It, the the Miami in general is an interesting team, and it does come down to how well Tua plays. And I hope Tua plays exceptionally well. I really do. I I feel for the kid that that had the major injury, missed out on some of the things. I want him to prove himself. This is a this is a an injury, an Alex Smith coming back all over again for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, well, let's move on to the next wide receiver, and this is going to be the surprising one. I think this mm-hmm. or this was the most surprising contract I think of the off season because um, we're going to talk about the wide receiver that got the third most guaranteed money this off season. You might be thinking, all right, Kenny Galladay is obviously number one. You're correct. You might be thinking, oh, well, number two is going to be probably Juju Smith-Schuster or maybe Will Fuller. Ron, not even close. Um, Corey Davis is number two, but Corey uh, Davis isn't who we're going to talk about. No. We're going to talk about Mr. My Man, Nelson Aguilar, who he's going to the Patriots. He's getting the third most guaranteed money. Two-year deal. A um, lot of guarantees. <laughs> Hot. Any thoughts on just Nelson Aguilar? I mean, to me, this just screams like the classic better in real life than in fantasy. And you're overpaying for a deep threat. But are you more optimistic than me? Maybe this starts a segment we would like to call Patriots Corner. This is where Bill Belichick and Nike sit down at their computer on draft day and see how they can try and fuck the entire world up for things. But jokes on him because Nelson Aguilar, for as much as he had a breakout season, (laughs) it got way overpaid. Um, yeah. I, 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 I want him to succeed. He's a, he's a, he's a good kid out of USC has explosive capabilities is what we've seen with when he played out in the Raiders. Uh, outside of that, I don't really feel about any, he got overpaid. 
he really got overpaid. Yeah, I mean, good I think for him. Seeing, I think we're seeing it in this market though that like this the speed burners are a little bit rare, and they are getting paid money. I mean, we saw you know. Obviously, this contract get handed out to Nelson Aguilar. You know, John Brown, who's been injured, got a good chunk of change. Um, we just saw Deshaun Jackson sign for a good chunk of change to go to the LA Rams. Yep. Like these, I mean, T.Y. Hilton, even going back to Indy, got a, a huge chunk of change. Like these, these fast guys, these burners, you know, we saw last year with Henry Ruggs getting drafted so high. Like they are still highly sought after and, whew. I they it's it's good to be fast. Yeah, I wish that was the case in my life. The only thing I'm fast <laughs> to is a buffet. <laughs> well, let's talk about. I mean, Patriots another corner. Where are we going? Yeah, let's talk about Bill Belichick and him being fast to tight ends because what a roller coaster of emotions. Cow. We saw obviously some big contracts trickling on day one, and the biggest one of all was maybe Johnny Smith going to the Patriots. And I think initially it was well received because. It's a great fit. I mean, you you look at this uh, New England team. They they brought back Cam, which you know we'll see what he is. But in fairness to Cam, outside of running backs, like there was no offensive talent around him. They they have a good line because the Patriots always have a good line. But wide receiver, like nothing. Like Nikhil Harry or I don't even know who their best wide receiver. Darius Bird. Yeah, who was the other one? I think Zane was screaming that through his mic right there. It fucking wasn't anybody good. No, I mean, and and obviously tight end. I don't even think I can name who their tight end was um, last year in terms of. um, They drafted two rookies, Devin Asi-Asi and I only know. Yep, there you go. Good for us. We pieced it together. Yeah, we did. And Julian Edelman was obviously out all last year. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking of Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers was probably Uh, the best player. Um, but at the end of the day, very okay players, not great. And they brought in Johnny Smith. I think there was a lot of excitement because Cam Newton can't throw over 20 yards accurately <laughs> because, you know, injuries <laughs> suck. But I think everyone's like, shit, this is going to be a great fit. And then the next day of free agency, uh, we wake up and Hunter fucking Henry signs with the Patriots. Like, this what, is. Uh, what does this remind you of now? I'm just going to go mean, for it. I was just going to say, obviously, that, you know, the parallels are Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Oh 2.0. God. Yeah, absolutely. The only problem is they don't have, you know, 2009 or 10 Tom Brady at quarterback. They have Cam Newton. Um, let's just start with the tight ends. I mean, how do you feel if you're Johnny Smith or Hunter Henry owner going into this year? Oh, it fucking sucks. Oh, I mean, who's the number one? Go ahead. Go ahead. Rank them in the depth chart. Hunter I mean, Henry, Johnny, Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith got paid a lot more money than he's Hunter one year Henry. younger, two inches shorter, and two pounds lighter. With it, um, it's fucking. Yeah, God bless the fact that I have stats up in front of me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Johnu had a fucking great season with the Titans. Absolutely great season. Derrick Henry set him up for success. Ryan Tannehill was everything, and it's and it's mother there. I Hunter yeah, Henry I mean, had a great season out in LA too. I mean, how do you how do you get upset with either of these guys? No, I mean from a football perspective, like obviously it's a great fit. From fantasy dynasty, you know, you were looking at okay, Johnny Smith is gonna go to, you know, the Patriots, Hunter Henry's gonna go to the Jaguars, or someone's gonna go to the I don't even know, the Packers or something, yeah. blah blah blah. And they just go to the same team. I mean, it sucks. Just I, rough. 
I feel like, though, because how bad tight end is after, like, the top four or five, maybe six guys, I think they both could still actually be okay. But that's more a testament of the fact that the bottom, like, top ten tight ends suck or it's just, like, so horribly inconsistent. Like, I could see a scenario where both guys are top 12 tight ends, but, like, they're tight end, like, 9 and tight end, like, 11. Yeah, I mean, so Hunter Henry was TE 12 last year in a PPR. John Lewis Smith was tight end 15 in a PPR. Like, those, I mean, and then you put both those guys on the same team. Yeah, is this is this a testament to the fact that they don't have wide receivers and we're going to see a lot of two tight end sets where yeah. it's two tight ends, a running back, two receivers, but really it's four wide and you just have two tanks that are just going to fucking run right up the middle and challenge linebackers and undersized DBs in the slot. I mean, that's, I mean, you got to figure that's what made that's what made Gronk and, and Aaron Hernandez that good with Brady. Yeah, I mean, for sure. But there's there were also rumors that. And there still are rumors that the Patriots are very interested in adding a running back. They wanted to they get playoff Lenny. They wanted to get Chris Carson. So maybe we're just going to see a return to some smash mouth, run it down your throat, you know, run it with Cam Newton, throw some easy like five yards passes out to your tight ends. And, you know, it's it's not going to be pretty, but it's going to work. I, I don't know. Um, Belichick and um, obviously, why am I blinking on their offense coordinator uh, or McDaniels? are going to be creative. They're going to like invent themselves and it's probably going to work, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Okay. So let's play a game then. Yeah. So this is called uptick or downtick. Okay. I'm going to give you a player on the Patriots offense. And I want you to tell me if based upon where they were last year, if this is an uptick for them or a downtick for them. Okay. okay? So Hunter Henry. I mean, downtick. Janu Smith. Down tick. Julian Edelman. Understanding that he was injured. Yeah. Um, down tick. Nikhil Harry. Down tick. Nelson Aguilar. Definite down tick. Sony Michelle. Trick question. Running backs are always a trap for the New England <laughs> Patriots. Okay. So the last one I'll give it to you is Cam Newton. Massive uptick. Yeah, I, and I think that's the Massive highlight. Tech. If you're a Newton owner right now, which Chris has got to be feeling good that he so so he has Newton and Janu Smith mm-hmm. with it, so he gets a little uptick for a little downtick, and Kevin just gets a real fat fuck you from Hunter Henry and that <laughs> offense. Um, I think Newton's obviously the guy that benefits from everything that the Patriots did this offseason to try and give him weapons to succeed. The question is: is can Newton really take advantage of what he's given? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the million-dollar question, and that's going to potentially make or break their season. Um, I think Cam, you know, you can obviously, you can set yourself up to write, like, a really pretty narrative, like, he's going to turn it around. You know, he was injured, coming off an injury prone, or an injured offseason. It was COVID. He couldn't do, like, the practice reps and training and get, like, really into a groove like he would with a normal offseason. And then he goes to this Patriots team that doesn't have any playmakers at wide receiver or tight end. So, like, you could make a case Newton was just set up to fail this off se- or this past season. Now, obviously, he's got a full season. He hopefully he's a little bit healthier. They have some new weapons. You know, he added. They obviously added Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, and maybe another wide receiver. Like, they made a concerted effort to improve the talent around him. So, I think it's very easy to talk yourself into, you know. A scenario where it's 
it's going to be a good year for Cam potentially. Yeah. So, I mean, that moves us on to obviously the the toughest position, the position that Nick Ruth hates fucking more than anything under the sun in the remaining pieces of the tight end position. And there's obviously four bigger names that have stayed or changed teams Yeah, that, that I think we should talk about. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to do like a kind of a grab bag if and let's talk about like the four tight ends. They all kind of signed for similar money, about Mm -hmm. six mil a year. Um, You know, Gronkowski returned to Tampa Bay for a one year deal. Jared Cook went to the L.A. Chargers for one year deal. Gerald Everett went to Seattle for a one year deal. And Kyle Rudolph went to the New York Giants for a two year deal, all between six million and eight million dollars. When you look at those four tight ends, if you had to pick one of them to be your starting tight end next year in Dynasty. Who are you taking? Gerald Everett. Yeah. I so so obviously Everett's the guy that he's the he's the youngest of the group. He mm-hmm. goes into an offense that really lacks a big dynamic tight end. Now I also it was fun to read articles this year that said Gerald Everett is the trap of tight end fantasies fantasy people. That this is the guy that's going to be the sucker punch that's going to you're going to sign him you're going to get excited about him he's going to fucking shit himself because he's he's nothing more than tight end two right that could be true but he's in seattle and he's better than fucking will disley sorry like i'm I'm not on the disley train with it gerald everett's going to feed in that offense the fact that russell wilson's still there is a massive uptick to what gerald everett has to put on the table t24 coming out of LA last year, splitting time with the other guy in the backfield that way. Yeah. I'll, I'll take Gerald Everett all day. Yeah. It's, I mean, Kyle Rudolph is eliminated because there's no way that they can support that. They still have Evan Ingram. Um, He's number, he's number four easily for me. He's the worst situation, especially with the rumors. They're going to draft Kyle Pitts. Evan Ingram is going to be better than him. Rudolph is the worst guy on the board. Yeah, the other three, though, I think are all fairly close. I mean, Gronk, I, I agree. Gronk, we saw, like, check in. I think he was a top 10 tight end, but, like, it's not like he was amazing. It was just because of, you know, he was on the field. He Brady threw him the ball, and he caught some touchdowns. Gronk um, was TE 10 in PPR. Okay. Jared Cook, you know, he was a little bit underutilized, but we saw, like, that uh, New Orleans team was, you know, Drew Brees was injured. They had the Taysom Hill experience. We've seen him in the past, you know, proven that he can succeed with, um, you know, just on the field. As recently, I think two years ago, he was very solid for the the Saints. And Gerald Everett, you mentioned, you know, it's it's easy to be excited by him. I guess I would take Gerald Everett as well. Um, but so, I, do you put in second place? Then I guess would be there between Cook and Gronkowski. Uh, I mean, I'd flip a coin, and I'll flip yep. one right now. Ching, ching, ching. Jared, Jared Cook, yeah, but I, 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 I think it's, I think it's going to be very close. I think between Grant Cook and Everett, I think all three are probably going to be top fifteen tight ends. One of them is probably going to be better than them uh, than the rest and be like top ten. But I think there's not really going to be a huge difference between all three. Everett definitely has the higher ceiling, but it's a one year deal, and we'll see. Like the rumors that the offense is going to be changed into a little bit more run oriented. Everett's a good pass blocker. Maybe he'll be more involved with that aspect. They still obviously have Taylor Lockett and DK Metcalf um, that are, of course, just going to be their their top two targets or top two guys for targets. So we'll see how the the shares split out with uh, pass catchers in that offense. 
Yeah, I mean, I always think the the fun pieces is a young quarterback's best friend is his tight end. And yep. Justin Herbert, he's going to find, I think, the connection with Jared Cook um, in that offense. I, but, I mean, it's hard to compete against the fact that you have arguably the best quarterback tight end tandem in Brady Gronkowski. Um, yep. I just, my excitement again, and we'll talk about this in the upcoming podcast, is Kyle Pitts. I'm really oh, excited yeah. for Kyle Pitts, see where he ends up. But of these four guys, I, betting money, I'll take Gerald Everett all day, every day. All right, fair enough. Well, as we wind down, you know, there's been, you know, this podcast. Um, I guess before we go, let's maybe is there an underrated uh, or under the radar player that signed with the team that, you know, I'm not saying is he going to be like a superstar, but like maybe he just becomes like, I don't know, like a Jamison Crowder. Like he becomes like a flex option. Like he comes out of nowhere and it's just a good option for a team that sticks out for you at any position. There is, and I think I think this name will surprise you a little bit. And it's okay. a guy that's on my roster that I'm very excited about. It's Philip Lindsay to the Texans. Um, yes, they signed Mark Ingram, who's also on my roster, but I really like Philip Lindsay. Young kid, um, big dynamic playmaker, has the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, has good in 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 the zone running, and it can break it out outside. I think Philip Lindsay is a guy that the Texans can turn to to say, hey, we want you to take on the majority of the bulk load here. We might not have the best quarterback. Our wide receivers are lacking. We need you to really kind of shoulder this piece. And I think Philip Lindsay is a guy that, for me that gets excited about. And I know you have one for yourself. Yeah, I think for me, the guy that I think is potentially under the radar would be Josh Reynolds to Tennessee. You know, we mentioned Jonah Smith is not going to be there. Corey Davis signed with the Jets. Like, there's a lot of targets that have opened up. And it's right now, it's really A.J. Brown, and that's it. I know Anthony Fersker, people are getting excited for him at tight end. And, you know, maybe it'll work out. But when we look at free agency, they have not brought in a lot of weapons or competition besides Josh Reynolds. We'll see what they do with the draft. But he's someone I've got my eye on that he's always been buried on the depth chart for the L.A. Rams. Is he someone that could maybe be a sneaky, like, a year from now, like he finished wide receiver 29 or something? I could see it happening. Yeah, I mean it's it's a fun thing to think about. It's and that I mean in that offense is is he? Do you think he's better than Corey Davis? Mm, I, I wouldn't say so. I think Corey Davis. You know, he's Corey Davis is obviously a bust for a wide receiver that was drafted what five or six or something yeah, like very that. Very early, yes, six overall. But like Corey Davis, he's definitely salvaged his career, unlike some other busts that we've seen. And as such, you know, we saw him sign like that three-year, 30-something million dollar with the Jets, and we'll see who's throwing him the ball, but I would definitely take Corey Davis over him. Yep. Works for me. All right. Um, anything else? Are we winding down? We are. I believe it's about closing time, sir. I would think so as well. Um, it's, it's good to be back. You know, we're not going to, we're not quite in the weekly podcast range, but we'll definitely have a, a rookie theme podcast probably in the coming weeks and we're both very excited to talk about very excited all right guys have a good one stay safe and we'll be back soon